The NBA regular season resumes tonight. Out to the KDUS hotline we go to go around the NBA. We're now joined the sports zone by Mo DeKeel of The Athletic. And Mo, what'd you do during the All-Star break? Did you get at least lost for a few days? I, I did. I also did watch some film in between a uh, little breaks, but I was able to relax, Bob, and and, and uh, enjoy myself and enjoy my fiance. Uh, she loved it because she's like, we don't have to watch basketball tonight. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Uh, she got to control the remote for a few nights. <laughs> okay. Is she a basketball fan? I'm, I'm, America she wants is. me she to is. ask. Okay. That, that's she, a good she thing. Is. Okay. Nobody could deal okay. with me if they weren't a basketball fan. <laughs> Okay, that that's also good to hear. Okay, now we've cleared up all that. Uh, on to the Suns we go. Fifth in the Western yeah. Conference, entering tonight's game at Dallas. Uh, the five through eight spots are you know so bunched up that Suns could you know they could go from fifth to eighth by tomorrow night. Uh, the Suns, at least for me, they're they're kind of what I expected. They can score. They don't defend very well. The rebounding has been iffy. The thing that's actually been alarming to me is all the turnovers. We're 55 games into the season, so can these weaknesses improve before the playoffs start? Yeah, but I think, Bob, the most important thing is can they be healthy? That's really the biggest concern with this team. You know, 55 games into the season, I don't have the number off my off, offhand, but how many games have they been fully healthy or just even had their big three, I think, is mm-hmm. really kind of their big issue. And now Beal, you know, he's – was out by the end of the by the start of the All Star break, and it's you're, you're concerned with this team, and I think you have a lot of questions in terms of that. I mean, I think they can fix the turnovers is a product of just not having a lot of chemistry and knowing each other, and that's a product of not having played enough games together. And I think that's the big concern with this team. Also, they don't have a point guard, and you know they've been awful in the fourth quarter. They've got the most blown leads when leading at uh, the start of the fourth quarter in the league. And I think, I think some of that has to do with just they seem to be a little confused as to what they want to do in the fourth quarter. Uh, was there a point guard out there that they maybe could have gotten or they just didn't, that guy didn't exist in the trade market? I mean, not at the level that would have taken them to a, a, the next step in terms of a starting point guard. You know, maybe they could have made a run at Tyus Jones or – Monty Morris, but those are backup level point guards, and that's the problem. Another issue with this team, you know, the when they first came together, it was, hey, Devin Booker is going to play point guard, Beal's going to play point guard. They can create for others and whatnot. They can create for others. That's very true, but they are also scores, and that is really what you need from them more than anything else. And I feel like that is a major problem that happened when they were putting this team together. But as of now, there's also no point guard available. I mean, maybe Kyle Lowry at the buyout market, but do you need another guy that's going to be questionable if he's able to play and make it through the whole season? Yeah, that's true. They've got a few of those guys, unfortunately. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, they've got some of these guys that uh, you know, unfortunately had injury histories here. They did add Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young in the last couple of weeks. Can those two guys make a difference between the rest of the regular season and also the postseason? Yeah, I mean, they can help along the lines of providing more wing defense and a little more wing depth defensively. And, you know, and other guys that can kind of spread the floor and shoot more Royce O'Neal, I think, than Thaddeus Young. But I think that's a uh, – those were smart pickups that they made because that was really all they could kind of do at the deadline. They don't have a lot of assets as well to make moves. 
I think that's kind of the situation they were put in. They did the best they could with the, the small amounts that they had to make moves with. Okay, this next thing is kind of a loosely you know, turned question here. Uh, do you consider the Suns to be title contenders this season? No, and I didn't consider them to be title contenders actually going into the season. Uh, my biggest concern was actually Yusuf Nurkic, and he's probably been the best part of the of the Suns all season. You know, he's been a, he's held up a lot better than I thought he would. But I think come playoff time, him at the center position is a massive weakness for them. And again, no point guard, questions of health. I just can't look at this team and say they're a title contender when you see how good the Nuggets are, how good the Clippers are playing. The the Thunder and the Wolves are all teams that are better better than them and, and well-constructed. Okay, I'll get to some of those teams you just mentioned in a couple moments here. Suns and Mavs play tonight. Other than plenty of offense, uh, what can we look for in this contest from Dallas this evening? Uh, no defense. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first thing you can look at from Dallas. They're not a team that plays a lot of defense. They struggle. But I like the moves that they made. I like the P.J. Washington trade. I like Daniel Gafford. They're guys that are lob threats for Luka Doncic. You know, it's a question of getting Luka and Kyrie, again, a lot of time missed between the two of those guys for the Mavs this season. But getting them on the floor at the same time as well, it just creates so much difficulty for the defense in terms of having to cover everything. I like the moves they've had. I would look for a high-scoring game and a lot of little high-flying stuff and, and a couple of lobs here. Okay. I'm so noted. I've got uh, I'll have my little uh, you know, bingo card going once that game starts now. All right, Mo DeKeel from the Athletic Curly in the Sports Zone. The Nuggets, uh, as of right now, fourth in the West. Are, are the defending champions, are they kind of cruising their way through the regular season and they're just going to flip the switch when the playoffs start? Yeah, I, I, they definitely have that vibe of the team that's sort of coasting right now. And I think trying to kind of figure out along the lines of like, hey, we've been there, we know what it takes, we know what we have in these guys. And I think the answer for Michael Malone right now, or the question for Michael Malone right now is, what do I have on the bench? And that's why, how much can I count on Peyton Watson? How much can I count on uh, Christian Braun and uh, Christian Brown, excuse me. See, it messes me up. Brown's felt like Braun. Always is going to mess me yeah. up. Um, but how much can I count on those guys through the course of the season off the bench and helping us, and what can I expect from them in the playoffs? I think that's the most important thing. And my dog, Luca, agrees if you just heard him bark. Not a problem. Uh, I was with you on the Braun thing when he was at KU. So there we go. Um, uh, uh, the Timberwolves, 39-16, and 16, they lead the West. Uh, why are they so much better this season? One, I think they've had a full training camp together. I think the one thing that gets lost about last season is Carl Anthony Towns was heavily was, – was so sick you know, he missed the entire training camp and had lost a ton of weight and wasn't his normal self till about the later half of the season. I think, you know, Rudy Gobert was kind of trying to find his way. This year, this team has a defensive identity, and they're figuring it out on offense. And on the defensive side, this is the best perimeter defense Rudy Gobert has ever had in front of him. It makes his job a lot easier in terms of rotating and blocking shots when guys like Anthony Edwards and McDaniels are able to kind of do a great job of slowing up the guards and giving Rudy enough time to rotate over. I think that's one of the big things for this team is that, and then the leap Edwards has taken as becoming a number one option. Those are all the things that have led to the Wolves becoming one of the top teams in the league. 
OKC second in the West. Do they maintain this level of play once we get to the postseason? And what should they expect from Gordon Hayward? I have a lot of questions about this team come playoffs. I think they're great. They're a lot of fun. I think the question for me is their size. I know they picked up Bismack Biombo as Suns fans are well aware who he is um, mm-hmm. to help sort of counteract that. But I think they're going to have a serious problem come playoffs with with size. They're going to have a problem rebounding. They're going to have a difficulty with all of that. And I think that's going to lead to problems for them in the playoffs. And, you know, the idea with Gordon Hayward, you know, assuming, again, good health is – he's a guy that's going to be able to play in crunch time and make it easier for them to not play Josh Giddy, who's not really a good three-point shooter, although he's, he has moments where he shoots it well. It's not reliable enough. So somebody with Gordon, with his veteran presence, they're hoping that that's a guy that can help them kind of get over the, the hump and in close games in the playoffs if they need it, help spread the floor. And I think that's really what they're hoping they're going to get out of Gordon. The Lakers and the Warriors, they actually played better during the last couple weeks before the All-Star break. Uh, Do we believe in these teams or just a hot streak before the break? I believe in the Warriors more than the Lakers. And one of the reasons why is I think there was a good amount of time for the Warriors without Draymond Green. And we know that whole story and everything that went with that. But I think he's come in. And it's really sort of opened things up for this team. Jonathan Kaminga is playing at another level. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. He's still that guy. And I think you're watching this team kind of come together defensively. And that's really, when we talk about the Warriors and the run they've made, we always talk about their offense, but we never focus on their defense. And their defense is what made them special. And I think they're beginning to come together in that sense. I don't know if that means they're a, uh, a real threat in the playoffs, but I believe in them more than the Lakers. Cause I just think with the Lakers, they got a lot of problems offensively. I'm not a big Spencer Dinwiddie guy, so I don't think he helps them that all that much, even though they picked him up in the buyout market. LeBron's already going to miss tonight's game with an ankle injury, so you're beginning to wonder his durability. And if he's out, this team really begins to struggle offensively. So I do have questions for them. I'm not as uh, high on them as I would say the Warriors right now. Speaking of LeBron, you know, I kind of checked out during the All-Star break entirely. Uh, you know, I think he said something like he's not going to announce his retirement before whenever, whenever is his last season. Um, wouldn't he just, well, you know, it seems like he wouldn't mind the attention. I think he likes attention. Uh, and he also would get like 29 rocking chairs or whatever from all the opposing teams, right, when he made his last appearance or something. Yeah, I don't necessarily buy LeBron not. Uh, announcing his retirement or, or, or kind of uh, being a little bit against the farewell tour. I think, you know, the attention is something he likes. And besides that, he's probably filming a documentary while that's going on. Like, I don't, I don't feel like we're going to have a uh, – um, qui- LeBron going to leave quietly like Tim Duncan, who just sort of just said, all right, guys, I'm done. And everybody's like, oh, oh okay. Um, you know, I think, I think we can expect a, some sort of announcement from LeBron. But the funny thing is, when's it going to be? I still think he's got a few more years in him. And I think that's going to be the uh, interesting thing. You know, it it still might be three or four years away from now. Talking NBA with Mo DeCue from The Athletic. The Celtics are the best in the East. Uh, uh, It's been more than a decade since they won a championship. What makes this team different, or is this team different? I don't know how different this team is. I think they are the best in the East, but part part of that is because the East is pretty bad up top. You know, it's a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. the teams that we thought were going to be so good 
are, are not there. Philly with the Embiid injury is kind of out of it. You know, the, the Bucks are uh, uh, struggling and nobody will tell you more than Doc Rivers about how tough of a job that is. And I think the, uh, you know, the, the Celtics are kind of just a good product of that. They're a very good team. I don't want to get that mistaken. I just, I still to this, this is the third or fourth year in a row where I begin to have questions about them at the end of games. I just don't trust their options at the end of games in terms of I feel like they tend to go away from what works offensively and go into hero ball, and that tends to hurt them more than help them throughout uh, games. And I think that's something that might become more of a problem come playoff time. So I have, I have serious questions about them, but they are my pick to come out of the East. Joe Missoula um, made some, I think it's accurate to say, mistakes last year in the postseason, uh, you know, some interesting moves. Are we confident that he learned from that experience? He definitely made some mistakes. I think the, uh, um, we, we, the problem, Bob, is we're not going to know it's on the playoffs. You know, right. like this is, you know, if, if he learned from those mistakes or whatnot. I like what he's done defensively with this team. I think having a guy like Drew Holiday allowed them to be more creative defensively. I wrote about it from the Athletic uh, a few weeks ago about how he's kind of reimagined their zone defense by putting Drew Holiday in the middle, and they've added a few other wrinkles defensively. I like what he's done, but, man, like this is a hard job uh, in, in the sense of for him, we're not – going to judge him based on how the team looks in the regular season. We're going to judge them on if they get to the finals or not and if they win in the finals. That's really the the situation there. So that's a tough question to answer about Missoula. We'll have to find out come playoff time. You mentioned the Bucks and Doc Rivers. Um, you know, I was not in favor of the Lillard trade because they went from one of the best perimeter defenders on the planet to one of the worst. Uh, and I'm a little mystified. What see, people seem to be surprised that the Bucks aren't good defensively. Uh, can can Doc rescue them and make them at least okay on defense? Well, he's he's doing it now. To Doc's credit, like even though they haven't won a lot of games. He's actually improved the defense. The defense has gotten better. He has them more organized, more more set up, and more aware of what they need to be doing in that sense. The problem is the offense has completely fallen off the cliff, and now it's a you know now it's a question of can you marry these two? Can you get your defense playing as well as it is, and get the offense back to the level it was when Adrian Griffin was there? And I think that's really the big question for the. Bucks right now, and that's that's really the surprising thing is how far their offense has fallen off since Doc has taken over. Okay, the Cavaliers, you have to help me here. I haven't watched them much, quite frankly. Uh, do we believe in them when we get to the postseason? <laughs> this is going to bother Cleveland fans, but no, I don't believe in them. Um, I think this is one, Donovan Mitchell's been on an incredible heater. And let's give this team credit. I wrote them off once it was – Evan Mobley and Darius Garland were going to miss extended amount of time. And this team has figured out how to play. They got some tough guys, you know, in Max Drews and George Niang, and those guys really have helped them sort of uh, stabilize the situation. And Jared Allen's been unbelievable. And, and Mitchell's in the MVP running. But come playoff time, I just think they're still not where they need to be. I still don't think they figured out how well to pair Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together. And I think that's going to be one of the problems that they're going to have to figure out come playoff time. And for me, I just don't think they get the answers this year. Last up, uh, you mentioned the East is not exactly uh, you know, your heavyweight championship battle here. 
Uh, is, there, is there another team in the East I should be asking you about or a team that uh, we should pay attention to that maybe is not in the top two or three right now? Well, I think the team we didn't talk about was the New York Knicks. And that's a team that I think has a legitimate chance at the conference finals. And if they play Boston in the conference finals, I think they're going to give Boston a hell of a scare. I think the addition of OG and Obi before the deadline and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich at the trade deadline were huge pickups for this team. And I think they've been playing really well. And that's with injuries to Ananobi, to Randall. Jalen Brunson is another guy you have to look at as a potential MVP candidate, at least going to finish in the top five. You just watch the way this team is playing. They have a level of toughness about them that any team that goes into the garden and plays them knows, hey, we're in for a tough fight. It's not going to be that easy. And I think this is one of those teams that I think we really got to look at and consider as a potential conference finalist. I definitely should have included them in my little list here, so my bad on that, no doubt. Me, uh, I mean, New York's a small pleasure. market, Bob. New York's a small market, Bob. Nobody would have noticed. <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. 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 That's probably where I should start. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll remember that next time. Okay, Mo, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks much, and uh, have, good, have a uh, good post-All-Star break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Bob. I've missed you. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. Okay, we'll start bothering you for with high frequency here now that we get closer to the playoffs. I promise. Please, please do. Okay, well, I can do that. Thank you. I only need some encouragement here. That's I, you don't need to encourage me. There you go. All right, Mo DeKeel from the Athletic. Always a pleasure talking to Mo. And uh, you know, the fiance is a basketball fan. We learned a lot there, uh, and we'll learn some basketball too.